0: Hello, and welcome to this week's Three Shifts Edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's December 11th, 2020. Here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, Stripe and the broader shakeup in banking services. Two, SpaceX's Starlink wins $886 million in FCC subsidies to roll out satellite broadband in rural areas. And three... Warner Brothers will release all of its 2021 movies on HBO Max in parallel with theatrical runs. Shift 1 Stripe in the broader shakeup in banking services. The world of fintech saw new milestones over the past week, representing a shakeup in financial services with banking at its center. With the rise of digital wallets and mobile payments, there's been an ongoing shift to bank accounts as funding sources. Bank accounts are transitioning from being the vault to the hub. As markets move slowly towards open banking, countries like Singapore and China are vying to take position as leading financial centers. Recent announcements, from Stripe's Banking as a Service API to new digital banking licenses in Singapore, are helping paint a picture of the future ahead. Stripe, a major e-commerce payments backbone valued at over $70 billion with over 2 million business customers, recently announced Stripe Treasury. Treasury represents Stripe's next expansion in B2B financial services after its forays into lending with Stripe Capital, credit cards with Stripe Corporate Card, and card issuance with Stripe Issuing. Treasury allows online platforms such as Shopify to offer commercial banking services to their merchant customers via Stripe's Banking as a Service API. Stripe is partnering with Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, and Barclays to provision within minutes FDIC insurance-eligible bank accounts that earn interest, allow faster access to funds, and facilitate payments. A traditional business account typically takes seven days to set up. Stripe Treasury is being rolled out on an invite-only basis, with Shopify as one of its first major customers. Shopify plans to use Treasury to power its Shopify Balance merchant accounts, which was announced May 2020 and will be available early 2021 in the U.S. Hundreds of thousands of merchants selling via the Shopify platform will be able to set up and use business checking accounts directly in Shopify. Stripe is not without its competitors, which have also noted the convergence of commercial banking and payments. UK Neobank Revolut last week launched a solution that will allow its over 500,000 Revolut business banking customers to accept card payments online. The move puts Revolut into more direct competition with Stripe, as well as other payment processing firms like Braintree and Adyen. Revolut will initially focus on smaller businesses and take slightly reduced transaction fees compared to Stripe. The solution will let Revolut business customers manage all their financial transactions within a single platform. In another major announcement, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, or MAS, last week awarded digital banking licenses to four non traditional players. Singapore had two full licenses and three wholesale licenses on offer. The two full bank licenses, which can serve both retail and business customers, were granted to entities with Singapore ties. A joint venture between Grab and Singtel and Tencent-backed C Limited. Two wholesale licenses, which can serve business clients, were granted to entities with Chinese ties, Ant Group, and a consortium led by Greenland Financial Holdings. The highly anticipated licenses have been a key battleground for aspiring big tech firms seeking to serve the underbanked and fast-digitizing Southeast Asia market. We are seeing a broader theme of embedded finance, a thread running throughout about bringing more financial services closer to customers and workflows. Last year, it was payments being foundational to Big Tech's super app strategy. This past year, it became about banking opening the door to a range of services such as lending, investments, cash management, budgeting, credit scoring, consent management, and identity verification, helping entangle consumers and their first-party data in a tech player's ecosystem. This has expanded lately into commercial banking for business customers, bringing banking closer to payments and transactions. Given the inefficiencies waiting to be solved in business financial services, it's unlikely to end there. The evolution will vary by market. Singapore, for instance, is likely to see a broader acceleration of innovation as new entrants roll out offerings. In Europe, the revised Payment Services Directive, PSD 2, is driving a transition to open banking. China is opening up its financial sector to foreign players as it seeks to draw in capital and build capability. In the US, Tech firms, such as Google, have steered away from becoming banks, which are highly regulated and national bank charters hard to come by. Instead, they have partnered with traditional financial players, who view these relationships as efficient customer acquisition channels. The landscape, however, appears to be cautiously opening up in the U.S., where Square, Vero Money, and SoFi saw charter approvals this year through different pathways. To read more content about the evolution of banking and financial services, Check out our July fifteenth, twenty twenty brief: Who will be the next set of big tech firms? In our December thirteenth, twenty nineteen brief, tech players expand their ecosystems through payments and financial services. Shift two: SpaceX's Starlink wins eight hundred eighty-six million dollars in FCC subsidies to roll out satellite broadband in rural areas. This week, the U.S. Federal Communications Commission (FCC) awarded SpaceX $886 million in federal subsidies over 10 years to connect over 640,000 rural locations across 35 U.S. states. SpaceX will provide broadband through its Starlink Low Earth Orbit LEO Satellite Network. The awards were part of the FCC's $20.4 billion Rural Digital Opportunity Fund, which, in its Phase 1 auction, directed $9.2 billion in subsidies to 180 broadband providers. SpaceX was awarded the fourth-largest amount, receiving nearly 10% of the total. Phase 1 targets 5.2 million homes and businesses in quote-unquote unserved areas of the U.S., with the FCC touting that 99.7% of locations will see speeds of at least 100 megabits per second, 20 megabits per second upload, and over 85% will get gigabit speed broadband. Phase 2 will dole out $11.2 billion for internet in quote-unquote partially served areas. SpaceX was the only satellite internet provider to be awarded funds. The FCC had originally indicated that satellite internet, which has a reputation for slower speeds and lag, would not qualify for subsidies. However, it reversed its position after lobbying by SpaceX. The only three other companies to win more funding are all wireline-based. LTD Broadband at $1.3 billion, Charter Communications at $1.2 billion, and Rural Electric Cooperate Consortium at $1.1 billion. This is a major win for Starlink, which has been working on a limited quote-unquote better-than-nothing beta test in parts of the northern U.S. and Canada at $99 per month plus a $499 one-time equipment fee. Currently available on an invite-only basis, Starlink is expected to roll out a wider beta in January 2021. Starlink has FCC approvals to deploy 12,000 LEO satellites and has also requested approval for another 30,000. So far, SpaceX has launched 955 LEO satellites, with 884 still in operation, making it the clear frontrunner in satellite broadband. SpaceX has the unique advantage of being able to use its own Falcon 9 rockets, the lowest-cost rocket launch platform in the industry, which can carry 60 satellites in each launch. The November 24, 2020 launch set a new reuse record for the Falcon 9, with that particular rocket's 7th launch and the Falcon 9 program's 100th mission. SpaceX's planned Starship mega rocket could leapfrog it even further ahead, with its over 300 satellite capacity expected to help drive down launch costs by a factor of 10. Starlink's closest competitors are OneWeb from the UK and Amazon's Project Kuiper. OneWeb, which has launched 74 of a planned 648 satellites, with 68 still in orbit, has had a tumultuous year. It filed for bankruptcy in March 2020, but emerged last month after a $1 billion rescue by the UK government and Bartii Global. It will resume launches soon, with plans to offer satellite broadband globally by May to June 2022, though it still needs to raise an additional $1 billion plus from outside investors. OneWeb is expected to serve the UK's space ambitions, Barty customers in remote areas, and connectivity needs near the poles, where Starlink is not currently focused. Project Kuiper, announced in April 2019, received approval from the US FCC in July 2020 for a constellation of 3,236 LEO broadband satellites. Amazon will invest over $10 billion into the project, which is estimated to be two to three years behind Starlink. Satellite broadband will change the game for underserved consumers in rural areas, as well as businesses in multiple industries. As we have seen lately during the pandemic with remote learning, Connectivity can have an enormous impact on the digital divide. Educators are expecting a multi-year recovery that will take up to three years for students to catch up. Some will never catch up on the learning loss. Satellite broadband holds the promise of closing the digital divide and perhaps even reversing the shift towards more fragmented realities. To read more content related to satellite-based internet, check out our August 7th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, FCC approves Amazon's $10 billion project Kuiper Broadband internet satellites. In our December 23, 2019, brief, SpaceX's Starlink and the push towards global satellite-based internet. Shift three. Warner Brothers will release all of its 2021 movies on HBO Max in parallel with theatrical runs. Last week, AT&T-owned Warner Media announced it would release all 17 of Warner Brothers' scheduled 2021 theatrical films on its HBO Max streaming service in the U.S. at the same time as their theatrical release. They will be available on HBO Max for one month after release, and then taken down to continue their typical distribution path. Outside the U.S., all titles will continue to debut in theaters. Right now, the plan appears to be limited to one year. While studios like Disney and Universal have experimented with direct-to-streaming in shorter or simultaneous theatrical release windows during the pandemic, Releasing an entire year's theatrical slate is unprecedented for a major studio. The scheduled slate includes anticipated big-budget titles like Matrix 4, Dune, and In the Heights. WarnerMedia also plans to debut the $200 million Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day 2020 simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max. The move has found vocal critics among creative talent who will see smaller checks, such as Christopher Nolan. Nolan directed Tenet. A $200 million Warner Brothers tentpole film that was released in theaters September 2020 and grossed a disappointing 58 million in the US and 360 million worldwide. Critics have also pointed out that early release on streaming can also cannibalize global theatrical revenue by enabling high-quality pirated versions. Once arguably, quote, the most talent-friendly studio, end quote, Warner Brothers may see longer-term blowback from the decision. With ramifications for its ability to attract talent in the future. The move is widely viewed as an attempt to bolster the fledgling HBO Max streaming service, which has only 12.6 million subscribers so far. It signals a continued commitment to streaming by WarnerMedia CEO Jason Kyler, once the founding CEO of Hulu. By one estimate, WarnerMedia can make up for losses at the box office if it can draw in 5 million HBO Max subscribers. Furthermore, HBO Max, while not currently a large business on its own, is a valuable lever in reducing churn within AT&T's enormous wireless business and drawing in new subscribers. The eyes of the industry have been on Disney+, Plus, which has demonstrated that the streaming business model can work. Disney+, Plus just hit 87 million paid subscribers a year after launch and expects 230 to 260 million subscribers by 2024, with plans to raise prices to $7.99 per month in March 2021. It recently announced a major reorganization to focus on streaming. However, even Disney has held back from releasing its largest blockbusters on Disney+, Plus, preferring to push them out into 2021. Its blockbusters can feed every part of its far-ranging business, from music to merchandise to park experiences. Its experiment in streaming Mulan, a $200 million film, directly to Disney+, Plus, was not encouraging. Rather than the expected $750 million from a theatrical run, It saw just low hundreds of millions in revenue. Movie theaters have been and will likely continue to be central to studio profits. This is especially true when it comes to tentpole films that can generate over $1 billion in ticket sales. A hit movie might generate half or more of its box office gross during the first few weeks of a theatrical run. High budget movies that cost over $100 million to make are unlikely to be very profitable through streaming platforms on their own. It's also not clear whether the success of Disney Plus can be replicated without a library like Disney's, which also includes Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and 21st Century Fox. Shortening the theatrical window will likely have more staying power. Given the front-loaded economics of theatrical windows, a shorter window could be the best of both worlds. To read more content related to the theatrical release business and video streaming, check out our October 16th, 2020 brief Disney restructures to make streaming its main content priority. And our July 31st, 2020, Three Shifts Edition, AMC and Universal collapsed the exclusive theatrical window to just over two weeks. That's it for this week's Three Shifts Edition. If you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts Edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on electric vehicles and their growth trajectory. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts Edition.